to the podcast, Jesus Has Left the Building, where we talk with people all over the nation, leading creative, outside the box, I mean, outside the church building, ministries that inspire and engage us. And we talk with people about why they have decided to create new and transforming ministries, especially during times such as these. This is the Jesus Has Left Building podcast where ministers, writers, activists, and church leaders have left the building, too, with Marta and Mandy. In this episode, we have a conversation about the newly released book, Who Will Be a Witness? by Drew Hart, that will guide our first nine-week season. We will also get into why this podcast, storytelling, and building relationships with people doing ministry outside the box is so important. Welcome. Today, we are super excited to launch this podcast. I am Mandy. And I am Marta. Today, it's just Marta and me. And we want to introduce you to ourselves, to Black Forest Community Church, the church that we serve, and to the book, Who Will Be a Witness, that will guide this first season. After today, we are excited that we will be joined by some really amazing guests. So as I said, my name is Mandy Todd, and I am the Director of Worship and Arts here at Black Forest Community Church. This is, I'm, I've been here for almost two years at Black Forest, and my role has been um, all things worship and arts. So I direct the choir and choose liturgy and hymns, and I have a long career in doing worship ministry. Um, I've been doing this for almost two decades. So I have been a part of the United Church of Christ for a long time and doing ministry here in Colorado Springs for quite some time. But in the last six months, your role has changed dramatically. Oh my gosh, <laughs> it sure has. Thank you, COVID-19. Uh -huh. And she is my partner in crime as um, my co-minister in this work, and that's pretty awesome. It is. I'm so excited to be with you. I am the pastor of Black Forest Community Church, and I have been ordained for four and a half years um, and serving in that capacity but uh, have been working in the church also for close to 20 years, um, sort of starting off in that religious education and faith formation, family ministries and youth ministries and children's ministries. And so I really have a deep passion for whole church and multi-generational and think that um, faith is formed best when you are either with your whole family and that whole family is connected to the whole church. Um, and so this has been a time when I think that we have really been able to experiment with that in a different, yeah, in a different way. Um, the title of our podcast is Jesus Has Left the Building. 
And um, indeed, I think Jesus has, and especially in this in this moment, um, Jesus especially has. But what's super interesting about Black Forest Community Church is at this point, and um, especially leading into this fall, is that we are like basically <laughs> using all of the square footage of all three buildings on our campus for Every different space. things. Yep. Um, we are using the main building, the lower part of the late main building for a new project called the apartment project where we are housing immigrant families um, that have were struggling prior to the pandemic and then especially um, struggling in local Colorado Springs right now Um, so that has been kind of an amazing place of radical hospitality the upper level um, we are transforming into um, it's called the heaven on earth second chance shop um, where that we will provide clothing and non-perishables and um, what was household it? items High, essential household items um, for people also during this time and then of course we have our uh, already operating preschool anyway the point is <laughs> is that we are using every single space and so when I think of Jesus has left the building because in actuality Jesus is actually here right Jesus right. is in our right. midst and all around us and with all kinds of humanity and people and relationships Um, What I think is that Jesus has left that 10 o'clock between 10 and noon on Sunday morning. He has left the sanctuary in the capacity that we knew it as, as with sitting in pews, singing old hymns, listening to their ministers speak at them. Jesus has left that space and that experience and for good reason. Yeah. Um, It's become rote in a lot of ways. We have to work really hard to keep that time on Sunday morning fresh and new. And we're committed to doing that when we're able to do that. But what a transformative moment this has been to be forced out of that space and to be able to really creatively think about what we can do Mm -hmm. when we get out of that space, out of that box that we are programmed to think this is what church Mm -hmm. is. And so from the beginning, I think, of the pandemic, we have decided that we were never going to take that time and just translate it right. to online. Right. And so that has been sort of the work we've been doing here. Spirit has never moved so much. Oh my it's gosh. almost like this was the moment that Black Forest Community Church was made for. Absolutely. And it has been a vibrant and creative and awesome time. Yep. Um, so that is how Jesus has left the church, along with uh, Mandy's partner, Russ Ware, who helped us come up with that really right. super fun name. <laughs> I want to do a shout out to him. So our scripture verse, each week we are going to give you a, a scripture verse and a ritual. Um, and so our scripture verse, if you want to break open your Bibles, comes from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 3, 27. And it goes like this. How can anyone break into the house of a strong man and steal his things unless he first ties up the strong man? Then he can take everything. Jesus has broken into our house of captivity, tying up the strong man and stealing us away into God's kingdom. And our ritual today, and we're going to remind you um, several times throughout our episode today um, of what to do and what to go get. So um, 
we want you to go and put on your favorite pair of jeans. Um, break those things in, um, grab them, get them, put them on. Um, but we want a pair of jeans. Look, we have our jeans on today <laughs> also. Um, and we will do a little ritual with that at the end of our time. And you will notice behind us, uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and Ralph Abernathy both have on their jeans as well. We're going to tell a story um, that Drew tells in his book, Who Will Be a Witness, um, about this image and what it means for us, um, what it meant for Dr. King and the people in the civil rights movement during the 1960s, and what it means for us today. Right. So the story just, it's, it's a hard story and it's a really good story, but I wanted to point out just like our time now and sort of, I was thinking about the process of our church community and, and, you know, other businesses and other institutions that are doing good work is that it is deeply uncomfortable mm -hmm. and it is also super exciting all mm -hmm. at the same time. And there is this um, intersection yeah. of both the messy, uncomfortable and the exciting and creativity where we think that um, God has really shown up for us. And right. I think Dr. King also points to that space yeah. um, in this story. So um, the story is actually in the introduction to the book. Yep. Um, are we ready to tell that story? Um, yeah. I mean, you know, I think we should talk a little bit about just this title, don't you think? Like mm. the title of this book who will be a witness, I think is an invitation, right? It's an invitation for us to um, figure out how we are going to act in this moment, both the moment of the pandemic, but so many moments that are coming out of that, right? This moment of racial justice and reckoning. Um, how, how are we going to be a witness, who will stand up and be a witness during this time? Well, and what's interesting about that title, I think anybody who reads it and um, any individual or community, when they read it, they're like, no, thanks. Right. I can't really see anybody saying, nope, not going to be a witness. Right. But rather, it is um, kind of a visionary question. For like, sure. who will be a witness? And then you start to think, okay, I'm going to put my blue jeans on and I'm going to do this thing. And you start to think of the things you're going to do as a person of faith and as a Christian to be that witness in the world. And I think churches can ask the same question. Mm -hmm. um, how will you be a witness? Right. And what, the, what will that look like? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So tell us the story. So the story um, goes a little bit like this, and I might have to use my notes um, a tad, but um, what page of the, does that start on, Mandy? Oh, it's, I mean, he starts at the beginning. The very beginning. Yeah, like the first words of the book are, no, that's, that's the foreword, hang on. <laughs> so it begins the introduction. And on Thursday, April 11th, 1963, as Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and the Southern Christian Leadership Conference sought to galvanize Project C and the Freedom Movement in Birmingham, Alabama. That's right. So at this point, um, it was um, post-Jim Crow, and so a lot of work had already been happening. But there were sort of these hidden... Um, hidden uh, segregation and biases and 
um, racial issues that um, this group of people still wanted to work to dismantle and undo. Um, this so happens, that date specifically happened around Holy Week and Passover. Mm. Um, and uh, so... Um, Anyway, uh, it was a hard week. It was really um, super busy for a lot of these people. A lot of the people that were hanging with Dr. King were clergy people and faith leaders in that town. Um, and because there were so many of those people and it was Holy Week, people were busy. Families were busy. Um, they weren't sure how they were going to get out there and right. do this work. And the city had put an injunction against the acts of activists and protests, which which wasn't exactly legal and they knew that, but again, none of the systems um, in the town were up and running at that point because it was a holiday. So there was this one moment where Dr. King and even his dad came into town and the protesters and activists were gathered in the living room and they were all talking and it was fairly rowdy and they were asking questions and they were coming up with ideas and they were doing this thing and quietly behind the scenes, Dr. King gets up and he's in his beautiful suit, Sunday best suit, and he goes into the bedroom and he comes back out and he's in his blue jeans and working shirt, just like on the picture there. And in that moment, it was um, a symbol right. of um, taking off the sort of the supremacist ideals, what society held up as okay, even though it did right. not matter. Right. It says we need to get out of our Easter Sunday worship, and instead we need to be in the streets being a witness. Right. Um, there were so many symbols of what that meant to put on your blue jeans. You know, I know that um, often those people who are marginalized feel like they have to um, get dressed up right um, to show that they are okay right. and that they're good presentable enough and, and yes, presentable good enough. and mm -hmm. that is um, so he was basically going in and saying nope I'm gonna do this I'm gonna put on my working clothes and we need to get out in those streets and we need to do this thing right so any doubt at that point of whether we're gonna go to church on um, you know Good Friday mm -hmm. and Holy Saturday and Easter Sunday any doubt was gone as soon as he came out with his blue jeans on, that community know, knew, okay, we are going out into the streets. And they knew that what that meant was that they were putting themselves on the line. That by going out into the streets with this injunction, they were probably going to get arrested. Mm -hmm. And if they got arrested on Friday, they probably weren't getting out of jail by Easter Sunday to celebrate with their families and to preach their sermons mm -hmm. and to do the traditional church Easter thing, right? Right. But that those blue jeans signaled something very, very important to all those people in that room on that day. So the interesting question that comes up for me with this story is Dr. King had to shed his suit right. and his Sunday best. Um, what are the things that you need to shed, both physically and emotionally in order to be that witness in the world right in order to get out in the streets right right because after you say yes I'll be a witness then you have to figure out how you're going to mm -hmm. do that right mm -hmm. then you put your blue jeans on mm -hmm. and you start acting mm -hmm. like a witness mm -hmm. 
So perhaps you need to shed fear or shame or tradition mm -hmm, in order to get yeah. the work done. Right. And right. it's hard and it's scary. And mm -hmm. it's that yeah. also that sweet spot of uncomfortable right. and exciting yes. at all at the same spot. Yes. Time. Yes. Absolutely. So, um, you know, Drew uses, his, the subtitle of this book is Igniting Activism for God's Justice, Love, and Deliverance. For those of you who are just listening, Marta did a great demonstration of the cover. Right. It's really a beautiful cover. I love it. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, this word deliverance. Um, Drew talks about this word, deliverance, and why he uses that word. Mm -hmm. What does that word mean to you, Marta? Well, to, to be super simple about it, the root word is sort of deliver um, and delivery. And right. I, I personally think of like, oh, something brand new, something I ordered and I get this gift in the mail and it's super new and shiny and wonderful. Um, but then it also kind of takes me into this space of rebirth mm -hmm. um, and I think that Drew talks a lot about um, the faith community in the church rebirthing right. um, and birthing something new. Right. And I think that that's what points to deliverance for me. Right. And and he, he uses the words salvation, liberation, and deliverance, sometimes interchangeably. Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, deliverance is in the title. And he talks about why that word is more... Um, it is more, is fuller for him. You know, he talks about salvation has sometimes kind of been co-opted to be this um, personal saving, and it is very individualistic. And, you know, you either have a very positive um, reaction to the word salvation mm -hmm. or a negative mm -hmm. one because it has so many connotations mm -hmm. in our society mm -hmm. at this point. And... The other word, liberation, um, oftentimes is used in the context of liberating the oppressed, which obviously we're all for that. Mm -hmm. um, but it sometimes um, it 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 kind of just hovers around the ideas of particularly um, liberating the oppressed, and so then what what is the role for the non-oppressed in that? Mm -hmm. And so. He talks about how delivery, deliverance um, is a word that provides a fuller definition of, of the collective. It's mm -hmm. not that individual kind of personalized saving. And it's not, deliverance is not um, for a particular group of people or even for, um, it, 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 is, it is work that we mm -hmm. all must engage in to um, deliver, to save, to liberate. Um, we must work on that together. And so I agree with him. I think it is a really interesting word. Um, and it doesn't have the same um, kind of societal mm -hmm. connotations. Well, what I like about it is I think that our, our Western culture and even um, the Western mainstream church has gone to this such um, individual place of um, it's just this individual relationship between yourself and God. But the idea of deliverance and what I think Drew Hart is um, 
consistently um, working towards is to be doing this as a whole. Right. In right. community together. Yes. And I think Absolutely. that's what deliverance points to. Right. Yeah. He says, deliverance is what we need from the sin, death, and evil that wreak havoc on humanity and the rest of creation. It's a term that reminds us to pray, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, and to ask God to deliver us from evil. I love that. Mm -hmm. What page is that on? That's on page 33. On page 33. Um, and also on page 33 is our script. Drew talks about our scripture text that we pulled out right. um, for and this week. Before we go into that, it pause. If you have not gotten your blue jeans on, do it. You need to go ahead and do that so you blue can jeans. Do blue jeans. <sighs> um, so uh, you can do our ritual together at the end. Um, so our scripture again: Jesus has broken into our house of captivity, tying up the strong man and stealing us away into God's kingdom. Yeah, so, like, for me, I'm so visual um, and, like, have this whole embodied um, thing going on, um, kinesthetic learner. Um, so I think of our sanctuary, and I think of us all being in that space, and we're sort of holding that space hostage. Mm. And the Holy Spirit comes sweeping right. in yes. and just holds down that strong man so we can get our butts out that door with our blue jeans on. Right. Um, to and start making an apartment. Start creating a pantry. Absolutely. That's the work. Right. And we can't do that work in our Sunday best when we are trapped in this mode of this is what church looks like. Absolutely. We've got to occasionally throw off our Sunday best, put our blue jeans on, and go out into the world to do that work. Right. And so if you haven't already, I hope that you get your blue jeans on. And if you didn't get them on, I hope you at least grab them, put them over your yeah. shoulder. Um, and I want you to actually get outside of the building that you're in right now. Like if you're in your home, if you are in your workplace listening to this, um, I don't know, maybe you're already hiking on a trail because now you can listen to this right. on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Um, but I want you to think about those genes. And what I want you to pray is this question, how will I be a witness? How will the church be a witness? And, and for you to just think about how are you going to break those genes in? Yeah. Drew says, it's time that churches everywhere discern and decide that they, are too, they too are ready to put on their blue jeans. Let's put on our blue jeans for justice because our world is groaning. Let's put on our blue jeans for peace because we have all seen and experienced the cycles of violence that are destroying lives. Let's put on our blue jeans for God's deliverance because there is a better way to live that affirms God's desires and dreams for all of God's children. Amen. Amen. Next week, we will hear from Reverend Jen Stiles Williams and her ministry partner, Steve McKinnon, on how they are being witnesses 
in Orlando, Florida at St. Luke's United Methodist Church during this time and place as we discuss chapter one, Trouble Won't Last Always, and how theater can be outside of the box inside the church. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Find us on Facebook at Black Forest Community Church, United Church of Christ. And message us to learn how you can be a part of this effort to tell stories, have conversations, build relationships, and follow Jesus out of the church and into the world. To support our work, search for Black Forest Community Church on Venmo to make a one-time donation or a regular commitment with as little as $1 a month. You'll get regular communications and updates about our stories. Thank you to all those people that support and listen. We could not do this without you.